The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. Welcome back to part two of this episode. I really hope you enjoyed part one. Now let's get back into it. Okay, next, nutrition. And again, this is something that we've spoken about a lot on one-to-one calls and your check-ins, these kind of things. And your nutrition is completely on point. And it's one of the main driving forces that leads you to the energy that you have, the time and range that you have, the A1C that you have. And what I want to know and what everybody else wants to know is how do you manage your nutrition? What do you do? What does a normal day look like for you? Any tips, guidance here to share with the rest of the group? Mm, I was like, even before I joined the program, I was aware that the main source for me was protein even before. Now I just only expand it. Or what I'm always trying to do, because I love food and I love eating, but I love the diversity and I'm very kind of like very creative in the kitchen and i'm always trying to find new products or new things which are low fat or high in protein or low carbs i'm always trying to recreate certain recipes you know even we had uh yeah so just be creative do that's what i'm getting for example that's how i'm getting uh, my steps in so when I finish workout and I know like, oh my God, I've got only 7,000 steps, 3,000 steps. On my way back, I stop in Sainsbury and I just wander through the aisles and I'm checking, checking, you know. And that's why I'm not kind of like killing two birds with one stone. And then you always find something, you know, whether it's new protein cheese or, you know, like low carb biscuits or, or you know, yogurt with, you know, like low fat or, you know, all these little things that I can always implement into my diet and then recreate whether it's recipes. We had New Year's Eve party where majority of the of of the nibbles were low carb and high in protein. Most of it was homemade, but everyone was happy because it's still tasteful. You need to be creative, but it's healthy because whatever you, you know, it's your intake or you the food you put into your body, it will reflect on your skin, energy, all of it, mm. and your, your, and your um, uh, sugars, you know, levels. So one of the big, big things for you, Martin, was I know you wanted to drop body fat. You wanted to become mm. the leanest that you have been, as lean as you are now. We've, I'm sure we've all seen the photos, <laughs> photos on Instagram, how lean you are currently. But that wasn't easy for you initially, and it's difficult mm. to 
to be in a calorie deficit and it's difficult to lose body fat. And from somebody who has done it so well up to this point, you've dropped over a stone of body fat. What tips would you have for anybody on here in relation to sticking to a calorie deficit, to sticking to a certain way of eating, to sticking to the goal that they have in mind in terms of dropping that body fat and reaching that physical target that somebody may have? So for me, uh, because I'm a big guy, I'm 6'4", almost yeah, 95 kilos at the moment. So for me, I was always hungry, especially in the beginning. And then if you have 2,200 calories, you need to be very wise how you're going to split it. So majority of my food at the moment is vegetable, even for breakfast. My breakfast is a kilo of uh, cooked cauliflower or broccoli mixed with like 15 egg whites. And then just just change the seasoning every single day. It's a little bit different. Or if I'm if I fancy something else, that's probably a uh, low fat yogurt with fruits. So it's probably like two, three kinds of 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 um, breakfast I have. And yeah, I think that vegetable. It's I eat over two kilos of vegetable a day. For me, it's like yeah, kilo. It's a breakfast. Then lunch. It's probably the smallest one, but again, yeah, probably like two, three kilos of vegetable a day. Yeah, my portion of salad is probably like for six, you know, people, family. Okay. And the thing to remember is when somebody is trying to lose body fat, you have to be in a calorie deficit. And as a result of being in a calorie deficit, there's going to be times that you're hungry. That's just the reality of it because you need to use those fat stores as energy so that you drop the body fat. And one of the reasons, and I, I specifically remember speaking to you about this in such detail as well, one of the main things that you consistently did was you were loading up on protein and you were loading up on vegetables. And we can quite clearly see with two kilograms of, of vegetables a day. And the thing about it is vegetables are very, very, very high volume, but super low calorie. And they're very high in fiber. So anytime I say to somebody in a voice note or say say to somebody in a call, eat your veg, eat your veg, eat your veg, eat your veg, eat your protein, eat your protein, eat your protein. It's because protein and vegetables and the fiber in the vegetables, they're very satiating foods. They keep you more full for longer. They reduce the cravings that you have. They make you feel, feel more full. And these are invaluable when it comes to your health, your energy, your mood, in just regularly, but also they're invaluable when you're trying to lose body fat. Because you're- And I think that, huh? sorry, as, like the beginning was hard. I would say like the first three weeks that I was like, oh, I'm so hungry, I'm so hungry. And I was like trying to find another things, how to fill up the stomach, but not exceed the calories, which is the instant jelly you mix with a liter of water, leave it in the fridge, and then that was, that's what I was eating before I went to bed because that's when I struggle after the gym session. So kind of like trying to find ways how to fool myself. But now I'm used to it. I'm used to it. I'm not hungry. And then you play around with the calories that let's have 
as little as you can or as you you know like manage in the morning then increase it let's say for lunch and then if you have gym session in the evening keep it for the the majority for the evening you have to as well think and play around implement you know make notes and then kind of figure out how it works for yourself everything is manageable but then you need to yeah Hmm. use brain and and think and 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 try and fail and try and fail Hmm. And one of the other things as well to keep in mind, and I know, Martin, you do this from time to time, is be in tune with when you know you're at your most hungry during the day. Because if one of your goals is to lose body fat and you want to eat on a calorie deficit, you want to consume less than your body is requiring to lose that body fat, focusing your larger meals around specific times of day when you know you're hungrier is a really good tactic to use. I use myself as an example. I'm not particularly hungry early morning until about 11 or 12. So for me to eat between the time I get up and 11 or 12, it's not really necessary. So the calories that I don't eat within that time where I'm not hungry essentially are banked for later in the day, later in the evening when I know I am more hungry. And it's similar to kind of banking calories around your weekends too. It's like if you're in a routine, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you know you can stick to your calories easier on those days as opposed to the weekend where you might go out for dinner, you might get a takeaway, you might go out for a few drinks. Reducing your calories slightly Monday to Friday essentially banks those calories for the weekend. So still over the week, you're consuming the same target anyway. It's just lower on some days, higher on the other, but they even out. And if you look at it like that as a 24-hour period, like I've said about not skipping breakfast if you're hungry, but if you're not particularly hungry and you know your blood sugars are going to be in a safe range, you don't have to eat. Some people love breakfast. Other people don't like breakfast. Martin, any other tips around nutrition, around how you approach it, types of foods that you like? Any other tips or guidance? Yeah, I think that's just, um, yeah, just healthy food. A lot of vegetable, fruits, vegetable, and 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 the protein sources, you know. And I think that everything, yeah, just make it, you know, like fun for yourself and easy for yourself as well. Yeah, for me it was like the beginning was hard, but now I love my salad for dinner. You know, I love a you know pile of vegetable because <laughs> then I go, then I go to bed. I'm not agitated. I'm not, you know, over the night. I've got stable, stable, uh, stable uh, blood sugars. I wake up in the morning fully energized, fully rested. So yeah, always think. And I think that as well, creating habit. I I love sweets and and all these things. But then I kind of like set the mind and and train the mind when I'm going through the supermarket. And now it's easier. So I know that if I'm really craving something, I always go for protein bar because why would I go for chocolate which is just full of saturated fat, which just only takes unnecessary amount of my uh, already low calories, you know? So then I always kind of like rationalize it. Oh, I want the chocolate. But well, if I'm going to choose the protein bar, it will benefit me because there is less carb, you know, there is, you know, like less fat and protein. And I will still be satisfied because it's sweet. It's the chocolate effect. So mm. I always try to probably rationalize it. Mm. I think you're somebody, Martin, who's very good at 
delaying that instant satisfaction for that delayed gratification. And something you had said to me again, relatively recently, was like the decision that you make around some of your mealtimes and some of your foods is dictated by what you value more and what you prefer more. Absolutely. And it's like, you're not a robot. Nobody else on here is a robot. I'm not a robot. We all have food cravings. We all enjoy the nice things that we can eat. But sometimes the reality of it is knowing that, well, if I consistently or frequently consume these types of foods at this time of day, it's inevitably going to have an impact on my blood sugar somehow. And you're really, really, really good at saying to yourself, you know, how is this going to impact me in one, two, three, four, five hours time? Do I prefer having that confidence and that clarity of my overnight blood sugar and into my morning? Do I value that more than than just the food. For me, it's just the food end of the day. For me, it's like, and I think that as well, we are sometimes stuck in the narrative or the habits before we were diagnosed or what's around us. It's like, oh, the takeaway, it's a pleasure. It's not a pleasure. Just like change the perspective. It's just saturated fat, all these things. Oh, it might taste better, but it's not better. It's not true. Actually, just change the perception or the perspective on the food. And once you change that, it becomes easy because I'm not tempted to go to have a pizza, passing pizza places. Yeah, time to time, you know, don't get me wrong. Fried chicken in South London, it's specific. But then when I decide to go for it, although I'm on super low calories i know if i want to have 10 wings it's going to be at least 1000 calories so i decided so i normally decide to go let's say on the weekend when i jump on the bicycle and i'll have a cycle for another two hours then i know that i've an additional 1500 calories so even if i will have the treat it's worth it because i still balance it up love it and i think that's a massive part of managing diabetes consistently at the place that you want it to be because yes there's different approaches we can take to different types of meals different types of of food choices but the reality of it is what we are consuming frequently has probably the biggest impact on our blood sugar and it's like when you can flip that perspective like you've been thinking about martin in the sense that you get more pleasure you personally get more satisfaction from having your blood sugar in that place where you feel better, where you have more energy, where you can train better, where you sleep better, that gives you more satisfaction than having a pizza or having those wings every day of the week. For me, it's like trial <laughs> trial for two weeks or for one month. Try it and, and try it on your own body and tell me that it doesn't work, that you don't feel energized, that you don't feel better. Just try it for a month and tell me that it doesn't work. Happy to move on from nutrition? Yeah, let's yeah. go. Good to go. Right, diabetes management. I know mindset, I know training, I know nutrition are all a massive part of diabetes management, Martin. But when it comes to one, two, three tips one, two, three strategies, tactics that work so well for you. What would you offer everybody else here on, on the call in terms of what are the most important things from your experience to keep your blood sugar consistent and to keep you 
as energized as you are on your uh, on the on the facebook uh, page it's i think eight points all those i can't pick only three because it's literally the combination of all of it whether it's carb count whether it's pre-bolus i think most of us at the moment we have smartphones or smart watch just say hey google or hey siri set up arm for 20 minutes i just don't see any problem with pre-bolus i don't put anything into my mouth unless it's unless the 15 minutes is gone and then after the 15 minutes what i do is i check the phone and i see whether i tend to go low or i go to hide or i'm still kind of like resistant if i'm resistant i don't eat for another five minutes and check later once i see that i to start to decline then i start eating that's probably pre-bolus and, and monitor yeah i just don't need anything less than 15 minutes or 20 minutes after the injection okay full stop there's no negotiation <laughs> Yeah. And it's funny. It's like, I'm sure everybody in this program is so sick of hearing the words pre-bolus, but you are sick of hearing those words for a reason, because I want them pumped into your head because every hot seat that we've done, pretty much every time I give a training or we do a Zoom call, pre-bolus comes up. It's probably the most important thing you can do. And it's also one of the most simplistic things you can do. It comes down to, are you willing to wait 10 or 15 minutes? And that 10 or 15 minutes, much like the exercise, that 10 or 15 minutes is an investment into how you feel over the next one, two, three, four hours. I know I don't feel good when I have a big spike and a big drop, so I want to avoid it. What can I do to avoid it? Pre-bonus. And I think, well, it was Will when he did his hot seat um, and his first point for, for diabetes management was, for the love of God, please pre-bolus. Please pre-bolus. And every time you're about to not pre-bolus, imagine me shouting in your ear, pre-bolus, or whispering you in your ear, whichever you prefer. <laughs> so when you say a combination of it all, Martin, what else do you mean? Pre-bolus, what else has an impact uh carb count mm-hmm. not guessing because I think that again nowadays because of the uh, CGM or smartphones you can easily just scan the barcode you know put into the one I'm using my fitness pal and then I prefer it and, I, and I'm more than happy to drag even the little scale you know with me because I rather have the knowledge of of the of the of the carbohydrates you know i'm i'm taking you know into my body or i'm putting into my body so yeah definitely carb count use my fitness pal very easy then you can just like check and then use the and 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 use the correct uh, carb ratio number two mm. what else what other tips do you have around hitting those 100 time and range days being consistent but with everything it's not just working out i think that it's the uh the uh, the steps in the water all these little things because yeah the diabetes is a massive puzzle and if you yeah and i think that if you just ingrain it into your habit or ingrain into your brain that this is the normality you know like the pre-bolus is normality i don't eat anything before you know and i'm even when i was coming 
uh, from St. Lucia. I was on the plane and they were like, oh, should we take it away? I was like, no, I'm just waiting for my insulin to kick in. <laughs> you know, I was just waiting there while everyone, no, so what? Go eat, you know, I'll wait 20 minutes. I just can't be bothered to deal with the spikes afterwards. Mm. So it's the, it's the, uh, yeah, uh, what was that actually, that, that, what we were talking about? Yeah, you were saying about being, being consistent, being, being consistent with everything, whether it's workout, drinking water, carb count, all these little things, because they all of them matter. For somebody, Martin, who might not be consistent right now with all of these things that you're going through <clears throat> in terms of the pre bolus, carb count, exercise, drinking water, prioritizing your sleep, all these individual puzzle pieces that come together to give you the results that we all want. If somebody isn't consistent with these things right now, from your experience up to this point, are there any of those that you would prioritize more than others? Or how did you become consistent with each of these things? Mm, I struggled because pre bolus in uh, before September 2022 was, you know, for me, what was pre bolus? So I think that the pre-bowls was the, the game changing and 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 I just wanted to be in the range. And then when I started, I was 6.8, you know, and then when I went for the for the results, now at the moment I'm I'm 5'4, so 36, you know, uh with the with the bloods. And then you can see the massive, massive impact on on the body, on on the level of send. So yeah, so pre-bolus, um, I think that you can always, okay, not do, that's what I, as well, simplified my diet because I can't do 10 things. I felt overwhelmed in the beginning. So simplify for yourself. If you pick three things that you're gonna focus, I would focus pre-bolus, carb count, and the third one, probably, get your workers out done or steps because the steps you can complete every single day and then you are sure that you are moving every single day then just rely on three workouts uh, a week so yeah pick three things and then just you know set the plan and then just mark it and then in three four weeks time it becomes it will, it will become your habit and then add more and add more or change because obviously the previous three are already um, part of your routine and you don't think of them anymore. 100%. And I think that's the big thing to, to try and remember. And it ties into sometimes that overwhelm in relation to what we think about in the future, what the future might bring. But when we are consistent with these things for, as you say, Martin, two, three, four weeks, and you see the benefit of them, then it's like, oh yeah, Jesus, this actually works. I benefit from this. It's not just my blood sugar. It's my mood. It's my energy. It's my performance. It's my sleep. It's my food choices. And then when you see that benefit, this ties into what you were saying about focus on the benefit. When you understand the benefit that these things have on how you feel, that's where you build the habits from. Because when you see the difference that they make, then you're like, oh yeah, Jesus, th this does work. Let me create a habit with this. Let me be aware of it, be aware of the benefits. So then when I'm making certain choices around my food, around my exercise, around my sleep, I'm aware of what benefits me. And I can make this choice that serves me well instead of this choice that may not serve me well. 
And then you build your habits from that. Any other points around diabetes management or even mm. from your recent experience? Because I know you're in St. Lucia on a, on a holiday for a number of days. Any tips around managing diabetes around a holiday specifically? Oh, I kind of, because of uh, I flew overseas only once and it was ages ago to Chicago. And, I, uh, and that's what I said. I don't even remember how I managed or how, yeah, how I did it. But then I wanted to be prepared for this holiday. So, and I didn't want to rely what the food on a on a, you know on on a journey nine hours or almost nine hours on the on the aircraft will be how I'm gonna deal with it. So I rather prepare myself for any possible you know situations. So I actually cooked my food for the airplane. So I had like literally three boxes with you know like chicken breast and broccoli. I packed with me uh, three bags of of rice cakes for you know like different i just wanted to be prepared just in case and then and i and i saw that that accessibility for water obviously there is no off license on every single corner like in london so then you need to be prepared for the situation and then and adapt or implement the routine or the things you know into certain situations i woke up i had kind of resistant morning and instead of sitting and, and and just having breakfast with the whole crew, I was like, oh, if you excuse me, I need to go for a walk. And I was like, oh, why is he leaving? I was like, I need to take care of my diabetes first and then I can enjoy the breakfast with you, you know? And then, yeah. And I was jabbing myself from in front of everyone and then I was known for it that, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the tall diabetic who loves hot sauce with eggs, you know, <laughs> in the hotel, you know? But then, yeah, just... Sometimes it's better to just like prepare yourself or and implement the things you know. Mm. And I think as well, you've touched on it in the sense that regardless of who you're with, what you're doing, where you are, there's always something that you can do to, mm -hmm. benef to benefit your bloods. And I don't mean that in a way of like, you need to only be focusing on your bloods while you're away on vacation. That's the last thing that I mean. But the point that I'm trying to make is, when you stick to certain routines and habits, even when you're away, then that gives you the ability not to have to worry about your blood sugar. You don't have to worry about all these highs. You don't have to worry about going low too frequently because you're just doing small things throughout that holiday that benefits your blood sugar and keeps you ahead of your blood sugar rather than reacting to them each day. Yeah, absolutely. Like that was the first day when we arrived to the hotel and then people wanted to like eat and drink and they were like chocolate. And I was like, Oh, you know, it's fine. And I, and I was in the excitement and the holiday mood. And, and then I could see like the first day I was kind of like spiking and I was out of control of the diabetes. And then I realized, and again, rationalized like, Oh, do I want to eat or drink certain food or certain drinks? And then after, and then just, destroy the holiday mood because i focus on my blood sugars more than i would normally do and then i and then i woke up one day and i was like oh you know what no let's go back to the routine that you know because that's what gives you the freedom that's why you don't have, you don't have to worry about your glucometer about your levels because you know if you're going to do x y z you will be fine for hours and it and it gave the freedom for for the rest of the holiday and i could actually enjoy you know, the rest of the holiday without worrying, you know, whether I'm low or high because I was fine.
Love it. Perfectly described. <laughs> Love it. Getting unreal. that freedom back. Get, yeah, unreal. Yeah. Getting that freedom back. It's it's vitally important to remember that. There we go. Martin, I have one question for you, right? And that's that was unbelievable. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and again, it gives us a good insight into how you manage things, even around a hectic professional life, a hectic social life. And it just proves that regardless of the type of person you are, the type of past that you have had with your diabetes, you can turn it around like that. And I think that's what's really powerful about this hot seat is the fact that like, you currently are living with the complications as a result of your past, but you're fully aware of what you do right now, the actions that you have, the habits that you create, the decisions that you make around your health right now, today, even after this hot seat's finished, are what lead into your future, what lead into your health and the confidence that you'll be as healthy as you will be when you're older. Guys, if any of you have any questions at all for Martin, please drop them into the chat. I will just ask Martin any question that you might have. Until then, while we're waiting for a couple of questions, if they come through, Martin, I have a question for you, um, which is looking back on how you used to manage your diabetes or looking back on when you were initially diagnosed, what advice or what would you say to that version of yourself? Or to change it differently, if you were to speak to a newly diagnosed person, what would you say to them? Manage your diabetes as best you can because there might be consequences which will be unreversible, if the word is correct. Yeah, because you might regret it for the rest of your of your life, as I do. Yeah, I think that the worst then, actually, I don't mind, as I said, at the moment, because of the diabetic management, and I am the one who rules. Uh, I enjoy, I'm happy in my life. But the neuropathy, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I think that that's probably worse than the diabetes for me, because it's constant, visible reminder of things that you can do. I can't, I can't run. For me, even the walk, it's awful. I'm having constant lower back pain just based of the impact of of the crippled feet, you know. And 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 it, and the worst is that it doesn't take that long. It takes a couple of years of unstable management, going up and down, and and yeah, before you even know, you might just cripple yourself for the rest of your life, and it's definitely not worth it. Hmm. Well, look, I appreciate you being as open and as honest about it, and I know it's not an easy thing to go through but the best thing about it is the fact that like the the complete 720 as you've said that you've done um is just putting you in the best place possible daily weekly monthly long term um and from my own perspective and another diabetic's perspective because obviously I live with it it's inspiring to see how you have dealt with it how you do deal with it and how I know you will continue to deal with it so Thanks so much for taking the time, Martin. I know you didn't have to do it. So everybody, if you've no questions, just drop 
Uh, a big love message in the in the chat for Martin because he didn't have before we to go, do this. Yeah, go ahead. Before we go, I would like to just thank you, every single one of you, whether who just attend tonight or in the, in the, in the chat, because as well, it's unreal and it's so fundamental and deep being surrounded by people or being part of the community where every single one of us, we know what shit we are going through. And the information and knowledge we share uh, every single day on the on the group WhatsApp is, yeah, it's, it's, it's just insane. And, 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 and I'm so thankful that I'm part of this type of uh, big family. So thank you. Another massive thank you to today's guest. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out their social channels and links that we've included in the episode description. If you enjoy the podcast, which I'm guessing you do because you listen, be sure to rate, subscribe and share. It really, really helps the podcast get heard by more people when you rate, when you subscribe and when you share. If you feel that you've been able to benefit from it so far, likely someone else would be too. If you have any questions or stories for myself and Graham, please do not hesitate to reach out. We absolutely love getting in the email stories and questions. You can do this through theinsalonepodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more from me, stay connected or even work with me and other people living with type 1 diabetes who want to be fitter, healthier and happier within my type 1% better online program, You can message me directly through Instagram or you can fill out an application form through the link in the podcast description. And as always, another massive thank you to you for your time and your ears. We greatly appreciate you showing up each week, time after time, ready to gain knowledge and confidence around your diabetes management. So until next week, have a good day, have a good week, look after those blood sugars and I'll chat to you soon. Take it easy.